And I believe from the bottom of my heart, the constitution will be saved. I believe it. And that means that that starts here. And that starts with you. Chaba Karoshi said it's about rights and responsibilities. You have rights as an American citizen, and it's your responsibility to defend them. Welcome to We Are The People Radio. This is your host, Jason Preston, and uh, sadly missing my co-host, Alexia Preston, but uh, we miss you, baby. She'll be back tomorrow, so she'll be back in Adam. But uh, in the meantime, we do have an incredible other host that we've had here a few times that's absolutely dominated uh, the, the scene nationally lately, uh, Lisa Logan. Lisa, how you doing? Great, Jason. Glad to be back. Yeah, pumped to have you. Especially, I mean, and I, I just have to take note, she has been, so if you're not following Lisa Logan, Lisa Logan you need to follow her. Uh, it's, Twitter is... At I am Lisa Logan. I am Lisa Logan. Mm-hmm. And uh, not only is she followed by Jordan Peterson, I think he's retweeted you. She's been, uh, Dan Bongino's talked about you on his show. Um who else? I mean, you've been all, I mean, you are like, a, you become like a, a celebrity. I, I don't know about that. I, I, I just put out information and I hope that it's helpful. And uh, I think people latch onto it, right? I mean, the, the latest thing that I put out was actually a tweet that basically explained how we're seeing such a huge fast shift in our culture. Yeah. And it's not something that is driven from a grassroots movement. It is literally government, corporations, civil society, NGOs working together. And so this tweet that I released this week kind of just blew that wide open um, that that's actually because. So the, all the LGBT movement, the black lives matter movement, all this uh, it's, it's not about the individuals. It's who's behind it. You, you kind of exposed who's behind it. Is, is it organic or is there someone behind it? And you basically exposed that uh, you've got the world economic forum, UN behind it pushing this stuff and pushing corporations. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and pushing them through force, right? We basically now through environmental, social, and governance scores created a cartel where if they don't report on these different measures that they're taking, putting people on their boards that are LGBTQIA or women or minorities or uh, all of the environmental zero carbon, you know, reducing their, you know, footprint and net zero and all of that, if they don't do that and if they don't report on that, then banks and investors won't do business with them. They actually lose business capital. So it operates like literally a cartel ring. Yeah. Yeah. Well, which is what which is what fascism is, right? right. Absolutely. Fascism is is a, is the is the collision of uh, government and corporations colluding together. Yep. Well, so she so it's awesome to have you here. It really is a treat, you know, to our to our guest. You know, we're lucky to have someone like her on here. Um, so, but today we, we're going to get into it because, you know, we always, again, we talk about Utah. Utah is like the center of it all. Like this is, this is a ground zero. Yeah. And we talk about it with, you know, uh, Cox and, and these, the smart cities they're building here at the point. 
Uh, we, we've talked about it with China, with, uh, you know, if, when, if, and actually, ironically, by, by the way, let's, let's, talk, let's, let's talk about this in a second, but um, we did a uh, show, the last show we did was on China, the last show we released. Uh-huh. And uh, it exposed how, right out of the mouth of, of China, like that Utah, they have more influence on Utah than any other state. They control our legislation. They stop legislation they don't like. They promote pro-communist China legislation. And, um, I mean, Utah is, is deep in bed of China. Well, guess what? Boom. That video, we released it. It's taken off, and YouTube removes it and, and then bans our channel so that we can't post anything. So make sure you're following us. Uh, you can always go to our website. We post everything up there, wearethepeople.org. Um, but you can also follow us on Rumble, and I'd really encourage you to, to get on Rumble if you're not on Rumble. Because in a world where free speech is under attack, I mean, you look what happened to Tucker Carlson. You look what's happening yes. to, I mean, the videos we're putting out that's getting taken down, getting banned. Um, we should be concerned when those who s- simply are trying to share one side of the conversation are being censored and banned. And, you know, that's a scary thing to see in a country. And so to support com- companies like that, uh, like YouTube, because what it does is it, 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 it puts pressure on us to say, oh, let's not talk about that because mm-hmm. we don't want to get banned. So right. let's, let's avoid that. Let's avoid that. Well, guess what? We're avoiding truth. And, exactly. and that's what tyranny wants. So please jump on Rumble. You can find us at uh, We Are The People UT. Uh, same thing with all the podcast channels, uh, Podbeam, Spotify, Apple. Um, we Are The People UT. Also Instagram. And uh, it's also We Are The People UT. Jump on Instagram there too. And Twitter. Uh, Twitter is we are the UT yes. and uh, make sure when you're on Twitter, you're following. I am Lisa Logan because uh, <laughs> she's, she is blowing it up. So with that being said, I want to read a couple quotes about the United Nations. And then we're going to uh, jump into it um, because again, Utah is the center of everything. It's mm-hmm. like, and now it's like we talk about the world economic forum involved in Utah. We talk about China and now we're going to talk about the UN and it's going to blow your mind Mm -hmm. it's crazy so um but i just want to put in context like we've forgotten and because again the media has gotten control um in fact you know this is um barry goldwater a u.s senator uh said this he said the time has come to recognize the united nations for the anti-american anti-freedom organization that has become the time has come for us to cut off all financial help, withdraw as a member, and ask the United Nations to find headquarters located um, to find headquarters location outside the United States that is more in keeping with the philosophy of the majority of the voting members, somewhere like Moscow or Peking, because wow. they're communist countries. And uh, people say, well, what about you know, what about Utah? What is you know, what is Utah? leaders in the past said, and David O. McKay actually said, unless the spirit of Christianity permeates the, the deliberations of the United Nations, dire tragedies await humanity. And uh, Harold B. Lee, who is well known here in Utah, uh, said, except the spirit of the gospel of Jesus Christ and the principles contained within the Constitution of the United States are inherent in the world plans now being formulated, they are but a building on sand, and the Lord is not in that building uh, this was said in 1945 when the United Nations was being established. Uh, so, I mean, there's quote after quote after quote. Uh, I mean, Ezra Taft Benson warning the people about the United Nations, uh, telling them what, that, that uh, 
this global government is is based in communism, and that uh, it is it is anti-American, and its ultimate goal is to overthrow America into a one-world government. So we had leaders that were used to be very adamantly against you know this uh, this global government, and now all of a sudden things have changed. And uh, the reason that we this this show is important, we've been working on this show for a couple of weeks because um, something big happened. Yes. Uh, so. Lisa, let's. I want to turn this over to you and tell us about the UN and Utah. Well, it's interesting, uh, Jason. In May, on in fact, on May fifteenth, here you'll see on the slide that uh, they came here. They invited the His Excellency Chaba Karoshi. I actually had to learn how to pronounce that. I'm impressed. That he was good. The, he's the president of the General Assembly. So he leads all he's the... He's a big deal. He's a big deal. So he was invited by Utah Valley University. Uh, so once again, the United Nations had come to our state. And uh, basically, they had this conference. And it's crazy because you look at it from crisis management to transformation. The UN in a brave new world. I mean, they're not even hiding it anymore. <laughs> I mean, that's the title. That's the title of it. Uh, From crisis management to transformation, mm -hmm. the UN in a brave new world. Yeah. And so I think that the thing that I really want to drive home uh, during our time together today is it really comes down to who are our elected leaders listening to when it comes to policies and practices they're putting in place here in Utah? Are they listening to the people that elected them, right, that want them to um represent their interests or or are they listening to the interests of these globalists unelected, unelected globalist bureaucrats exactly exactly um and really are they transforming utah's economy our business sector education sector etc to be in line with and in service to the united nations sustainable development goals yeah it's honestly it's um it's scary. And again, you, you talk about once again. Tell us about once again. Tell us about the United Nations. Again, because I think this is what's interesting is the relationship with the United Nations and Utah. It, you, mm -hmm. The United Nations has a, a relationship with Utah it doesn't have with any other state other than New York. Tell, no. tell us about that. And that's very special because in 2019, um, and I'm going to actually let you listen to this and we'll kind of talk about it at the tail end. But in 2019, they came here and they actually had a conference. Um, which you'll hear it's, it's unprecedented. Uh, my name is Baldomero Lago. I am the uh, Chief Global, uh, Chief International Officer here at the Utah Valley University. And it is with great honor that I'm able to present to you, join presentation, hopefully, uh, this wonderful event that is going to take place on August 26th through 28th here in the state of, and actually in Salt Lake City. And uh, we just held another town hall meeting at Thanksgiving Point, primarily directed to the uh, NGOs, which are the non-government organizations throughout the community, and they're already uh, being very committed. We decided to bring the UVU community into this conversation because um, at the end of the day, this is a coalition between uh, the city of Salt Lake, Utah Valley University, working together with or um, civil society. And uh, the conference is uh, known as the uh, United Nations Civil Society Conference. This is a uh, once a year, it will be the 68th edition, and it's a worldwide event that will take place in Salt Lake. 
through my office, the Office of Global Engagement here at Utah Valley University, we became affiliated with the United Nations through the Department of what it used to be known as the Department of Public Information, currently is known as the Department of Global Communication. So we are affiliated with them. We are able to work uh, through their office and allow our students and faculty to present research, to work directly at the UN with uh, UN officials at the UN Forum. So we have been able to uh, be very well connected with the UN, and we have been able to host for many years dignitaries from the United Nations here on campus. Uh, we have also hosted officials from the UN, and we'll continue to do so. Um, the idea came a while ago back um, to uh, present a proposal to the United Nations to bring the conference, the worldwide conference, to the city of Salt Lake. Because we were making history, because it was going to be the very first conference ever in the history of the United Nations since 1944 that has taken place outside New York headquarters, but in the United States. That's wild. This conference has actually been conducted outside the United States in the city of Paris and uh, Mexico City and Seoul, South Korea, but has never been conducted outside uh, the New York headquarters. So it was totally a new revolution, a new change for the dynamics and mechanics of the conference, and um, we were able to get it approved. Of course, through the legal affairs of the United Nations, through the support of the United States mission to the United Nations, and all the documentations that followed through, and of course the support of the Office of the Department of Public Information, we made history. So that is so important that Utah Valley University plays a significant role in this event. Because after all, we started this conference. So Wild. Yeah, isn't that crazy? Wild. Right, so, so again, you heard him talk about they made history. It was the first conference ever that the United Nations has ever hosted um, inside the United States, outside of their headquarters in New York. So Utah is the only state that's ever happened to. So again, you know, that's Utah special. I know. I, I know. mean, that's the thing about Utah is, you know, the one state that's, you know, again, you read those quotes I was reading earlier. I mean, it was like, Boom, like this was the state that was most against it. Like you mm -hmm. had church leaders, you had, you had government leaders, you had, you know, citizens calling out the United Nations. It is horrible. It is, it is, it is a, you know, communist organization. We, we should have nothing to do with this global organization. And we went from the state that defied it the most to the state now welcoming it and embracing this, this global government's. Right, and he basically said, you know, we've got the city of Salt Lake on board, and we have our NGOs on board, and our civil society organizations. So, I mean, they it wasn't like, you know, it was a negative thing for them to come here. It was very much welcomed and celebrated by the leadership in our state. And by UVU. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting the role UVU is, has, has played. And from what I understand, the, the president of the, of the UVU is actually a member of the, on the Council of Foreign a permanent member on the Council of Foreign Relations. Right. I and mean, they, that's like a major red flag. <laughs> right. And they're saying that they specifically partner with them. And they, they even send their students to the UN to learn things. I mean, they spoke at their conference. So the involvement of our state at the UN is essential uh, in this equation. Especially when you understand. And, and where this becomes alarming is when you understand what the UN is trying to do. Mm -hmm. And I think we're going to get into that a little bit.
Absolutely. So I'm going to play just, and, and I want to point out here, Jason, it's very important because this is actually from a website that's great. It's called UnitedNationsUtah.com. It talks all about when they came here in 2019. And I just want to point out, they made a very important point on their website, is that in the U.S. Declaration of Independence, the government's job is to protect our rights. So people are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, and among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, and that to secure these rights, government are instituted among men. Whereas in the UN Declaration of Human Rights, you have no rights the UN doesn't give you. The rights and freedoms may in no case be exercised contrary to the purposes and principles of the United Nations. So they're about collective rights, yeah. not your individual well, rights. Well, it, it's, yeah, so in the Constitution, it is there is a God. There is the individual who all, every individual, regardless of race, sexuality, is all has divine worth. Mm -hmm. And then there is a government who's, who only has as much authority as the individual, as any single individual has, that they could delegate to that government. Correct. And that government has no authority the individual doesn't have. Where what the UN says is, no, no, there is no God. There is a global government. Mm -hmm. And you, and, and we are God. We decide what rights you have. It yes. is, it, I mean, it is, that is, and that's the basic tenets of communism. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're absolutely And, and right. here we are in Utah embracing that. The one state that should know better. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. That's so, great. That's a great graph. Thank you. You're welcome. So, you know, to put on this event, there is, again, like I said, a huge amount of collaboration support from city, state, and religious leaders, as well as from the business and the tech sectors. And this video is going to talk a little bit about what the Civil Society Conference Salt Lake was putting on, which was called Building Inclusive and Sustainable Committees, was all about. It's much shorter than the other clip. And but but and all this was uh, filmed actually by someone. Was it by you? That was actually at the meeting, or was it a friend of yours? This no, this this I found on YouTube. Oh, they actually posted themselves. Mm -hmm. So I know we had some people who went and kind of on uh, November twenty eighth. Were like blown away. We recording. had a major mm -hmm. event mm -hmm. in the city of Salt Lake. We had a press conference. You see my colleague Danny Davis there leading the conversation. And as you look at this picture. On your right, you see Ambassador John Price from Monroe Community supporting this event. Next to him, um, uh, Mayor Jackie Biskupski from the city of Salt Lake. Behind Annie, uh, Annie you will see Mr. Uh, Artmeg uh, Corbett uh, representing the uh, Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. To his left, Mr. Maher Nasser from the United Nations. And to his left, Mr. Franz Kolb from the governor's office. So we have a great partnership with our own communities, with the city, with the governor's office. Since then, since the beginning of the year, the United Nations has been trying to come up with a visual. What is the logo going to be for this conference? Again, this is just a draft at this point. It's not the official logo. We will be broadcasting the logo through our media, our visuals, our websites, and so forth. But this is something what it's going to look like. The theme of the conference is building inclusive and sustainable communities. Again, as you can see, probably the silhouette of the city of Salt Lake, okay? As you can see, there's this circle with all these different colors. If you look right behind, it represents the 17 goals known as the Sustainable Development Goals. They all decided that by 2030, that's our goal, that's the agenda, we should improve the quality of our communities, our quality of our own life, and the quality of the entire world. This conference 
particularly concentrates on goal number 11, is sustainable development cities and communities. This will be a venue where a lot of individuals, folks from all different kinds of world, I mean, from, from different walks of life, will be able to come to Utah and participate in this event. You will see government officials, dignitaries coming from different directions, companies, those that are promoting sustainability in their own industries, technology folks will be coming and express, this is what we're doing to uh, improve the quality of our own communities. So again, deeply disturbed. <laughs> so all, you know, those, that picture you showed with all those people sitting behind that one lady at the podium, those are all hugely influential people of power in our state involved in this process. And, and I just, you know, I want to ask, like, what kind of influence did this conference back in 2019 have on the decisions and actions our leaders are taking today in Utah, especially because we're seeing a lot of changes that kind of go along with the United Nations Sustainable Development Goal agenda for 2030, right? Um, so do you think your audience is familiar with the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals? No, why don't you, I, I'm sure we have some, but why don't you break in, break that out a little bit. Tell us a little about the, uh, about what these are. Right, so this is actually, I took this from a slide from the United Nations, um, and you can see there at the bottom, there's kind of like a timeline. From 2000 to 2015, they had the Millennium Development Goals, and they, they have these 15-year chunks where that's kind of where they're focusing their energy and their funding for that 15-year period. And so the Millennium Development Goals were, were for developing countries, right? Countries who didn't have like a strong economy and a strong dollar and all of these things. And they had to go in and give them a lot of aid and kind of help them kind of develop as a country. Uh, now we're in the 2015 to 2030 realm called the Sustainable Development Goals. And it's for every country, not just the developing countries. And so while a lot of these goals, or 17 of them, sound amazing, right, no poverty, zero hunger, quality education, they kind of, in order to accomplish some of these, um, and don't get me wrong, some of the stuff that the United Nations does is good, right, uh, making sure we don't have child labor, sure, uh, things like that. But some of these, for instance, their zero carbon agenda uh, can only be accomplished through the uh, globalization and domination of every system of society in the name of global equity. Uh, so, again, we talk about those collective yeah, well-being yeah, versus You actually individual. cannot achieve these. And, and just actually say you can is, is very dangerous. Right. And because to achieve some of these things would be to get rid of most of the people exactly, on this planet. Exactly. And, and I would say that... Which the, is actually something that they've actually come out right and talked about <laughs> yes. is, de, is the importance of depopulation. depopulation. Yeah, it's, it's really disgusting. Um, so... Uh, I'm not going to play this video for you, but one of the other things he talked about was that the, the importance, because every time the UN has a conference, they have an outcome document. So they have, it's basically like a commitment document where we're going to do this and we're going to do that as a result, result of what was talked about at this conference. And uh, he was saying how important it was that 28 or 29 days later, after they were done with this conference and they came out with this outcome document, that would go. This is the 2019 conference? The 2019 conference. In Utah? Right. The first, again, the first conference they ever did outside mm -hmm. of New York. Right. So, so 28 days later, it would go on to the UN Climate Change Conference. And two weeks later, after that, go on to the um, huge UN Gen General Assembly meeting. So they would be um, have the ability to deliberate on these commitments and then vote on them as a General Assembly. So um, 
And he literally says in this video, quote, our voice, meaning Utah's voice, will be heard when it comes to global engagement and global understanding. Uh, so I just want to, this is kind of the picture of the outcome document. And I just want to highlight two, just a couple things that came out of that. So they talk about applying conscious inclusivity and respect for human dignity and rights in our daily lives, um, while advocating for similar efforts in our corporate and organizational lives in our laws, regulations, policies, and practices, and in our economy. This should facilitate the inclusion of marginalized, vulnerable, and deprived members of society. So again, that whole, you know, um, equity meaning equal outcomes, right? Like we're, we're, not, we're not talking about equal opportunity here. We're talking about, um, you know, redistributing resources right. based upon your intersectional identity. Which is, again, communism. <laughs> right. Um, practicing environmental stewardship by proactively mitigating climate change, again, pushing the, I mean, and remember, not, not too long ago, they were, they were concerned about global warming. And then they changed it, and now it's global cooling, right? And, right. and now, I mean, they keep changing their story. And, and many people believe that this is literally like a religion, right? They, it is. So, they're so focused on this goal that they're literally willing to sacrifice and compromise anything to make sure that we reduce our degrees of the earth um, as far as hot, how hot the earth is. Um, to inspire and support youth and their visions of preparation for and access to a robust future. I want to point out that we are one of the only states that has global citizenship written into our college and career readiness standards. Um, wow. There is no such thing as a global citizen because there is no such thing as a sovereign entity governing us, right? right? Um, and also to form, they say here, to form civil society collaborations, including public-private partnerships. That is, like you said at the beginning of the show, state and corporate power working together fascism in exactly in order to formulate policies mechanisms and regulations that foster all these things so and these efforts must include ways to track progress via key performance indicators so anybody who knows about kpis know that we're talking about measuring people's progress in the sustainable development goals this is when we're talking about environmental social and corporate governance scores that what we were talking about at the beginning of the show where we're basically forcing people and govern um, organizations to report on these things and they could have capital withheld and not be able to function anymore as a company if they don't agree to report on these things. Yeah. Again, which is exactly what they're doing in China with mm -hmm. social credit scores. Exactly. Yeah. And so again, I just want to ask who are elected leaders listening to when it comes to policy and practice in our state? You know, yeah. I want to I want to read this quote because I think this actually is very relevant when you look at where we are now. This was from 1945 when there was a lot of outcry here, especially in, in the state of Utah, mm -hmm. about this organization. But uh, this is actually from um, this this quote is from the Political Affairs in the official publication of the American Communist Party. So this is from the Communist Party of mm -hmm. America. Mm -hmm. So great popular support and enthusiasm for the United Nations policies should be built up, well-organized, and fully articulate. Articulate, But it is necessary to do more than that. The opposition must be rendered so impotent that it will be unable to gather any significant support in the Senate against the United Nations Charter and the treaties which will follow. Wow. Tell me that hasn't happened in Utah. Oh, yes. It has. It has happened in When Utah. you look at where we were as a state, calling this out, calling it evil, calling for what it's saying it has is anti-American, that it will destroy the whole world mm -hmm. to a state that now is supporting it, pushing it. I mean, you look at 
this these Marxist these organizations have been flawlessly executing their plan. Oh yeah, and very patient at at knowing that when there was a time to strike, right? And and we're going to see we're going to talk about this when we talk about crisis. That is the perfect time to strike because people are just worried about surviving. Right. So right. You can you can implement almost anything during that time and people won't even be paying attention. Well, we're worried about surviving, we're worried about class warfare, we're worried mm-hmm. about, you know, the, the 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 nations at war with each other over the LGBT, they're worried with each yeah. other over Black Lives Matter. Mm-hmm. The people are in the streets, the you know, criminal activities out out of control because the DAs are letting it happen. The nation's on fire. So, of course, we're going to look to some global government to come fix and save as a savior. Yeah. Exactly. And I- this brave new world. <laughs> And I have the most chilling audio for you, Jason. Uh, this was also filmed, and this is up on their YouTube channel. You can see this right here. This is UBU's channel where they posted this Okay, so this, this was here in Utah. This was here in Utah. Okay. A couple, a few weeks ago. Uh, in May, May 15th. And I, because the audio is kind of bad, I put what he's saying there at the bottom so you could follow along. Now, let's think very seriously. It's not only a deepening geopolitical divide in the world, but the new world order is in the making. And when there's a new world order in creation, uh, there are many side effects and many casualties of that process. So, you know, they don't care about the side effects uh, of what it would take to implement their 2030 agenda or the casualties that might happen. They just... Yeah, let's let's, let's read that again. now let's take very seriously, it's not only a deep and geopolitical divide in the world, but a new world order is in the making. And when there's a new world order in creation, there are many side effects and many casualties of that, that process. That is scary. Chilling. Mm-hmm. Uh, wow. Because, you know, we can never let our crisis go to waste, right? <laughs> well, especially when they've, again, made it so clear that for the only way for this new world to exist and for Bill Gates' meatless world to exist and is for a population to be much smaller than it is. The only way the smart cities are going to work is when you have much fewer people living in them. Absolutely. You cannot implement this surveillance state with, with as many people as they have. No. And they've made it very clear. Yeah, you definitely. So the can. casualties of that process, I mean, it's the callousness of this. Mm-hmm. I mean, these are the type of. I mean, this is the type of. This is the way that Hitler spoke with callousness about the Jews, right? And Stalin mm-hmm. about you know the kulaks. Yeah, because their environmental agenda is so important. It doesn't matter if you die. It doesn't matter if we have some casualties. Um, so again, the 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 conference itself was named from crisis to transformation, and he talked about many crises that are going on right now, as well as people are worried about might happen in the future. So you hear he talked about mass migration because again, when you have a crisis, there is usually a depletion of natural resources because everyone's scrambling for the natural resource. We saw we saw this during COVID. Yeah. Right. I mean, and also how from that transformation could happen, right? Because everyone, everyone was just worried about, am I going to find toilet paper in the store? You know, is, is my child who's wearing a mask to school going to suffer anxiety? I mean, there, there's so many things that people are worried about. Um, he talked about water, cri- water crisis, climate change, soil degradation. And if you don't know what that is, that's when the quality of soil declines and diminishes its capacity to support animals and plants. And other, other conflicts, right? Conventional wars, nuclear conflict, international mistrust and lack of cooperation. He said that was a huge one. Debt crisis. Um, countries have borrowed money and can't pay back. America. So, yeah. 
Uh, and who, who did they borrow most of the money from, Jason? China. There you go. Um, and an inability to fulfill human rights. Um, and again, crises can change the priorities of a society, our use of resources, our political priorities. Um, one, I'm going to now go through the rest of the things about this conference that I found concerning listening yeah. to it. Um, he talked about the reform of the UN Security Council. He talked about a UN 2023 water conference. And he literally talked about how it's kind of a lever for change. Why? Because of equity. Uh, and also, he talked a lot about rescuing the SDGs. And you'll hear him say it. He's like, we're way off track. Uh, and we need a, to rescue it. How are they going to do that? Through accountability. What does accountability mean? Accountability means data collection, right? Um, and it means uh, reporting, right, on ESG. And add in the digital dollar, digital currency mm -hmm. to, yeah. to this, and all of a sudden, guess what? You're not complying. Guess what? Your money's gone. Exactly. Yeah, so I'll, I'll get into all this global digital compact. They need agreed upon method, methodology of how to tra uh, measure transformation and how literally they're really relying on science. They need a lot of science-based evidence in support of these sustainable development goals. Um, so I'm going to talk about this reform of the Security And this Council. is obviously science that cannot be questioned. Science, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> science well, that we tell you is science. And if you question it, we will censor you, whether you're a doctor or whether you're a scientist or whoever you are, you will be silenced if you dare question our, our science. Right. Well, and that's <laughs> the thing. They're actually creating their own science. They're, um, and, and I'm seeing this happen. So he says, what we, what we see emerging is a Western type of security system mm -hmm. and a Russian-dominated security system. <laughs> This uh, Ukraine war has been and has been and is challenging uh, the international law, the UN Charter, and it paralyzed the UN Security Council. One of them is the country that attacked its neighbor. Now the General Assembly is the platform where countries debate and take decisions on the Ukrainian war, while taking into consideration, of course, that the General Assembly does not have the legal power of taking action or of taking decisions of a legally binding nature. And it is one of the reasons we have to reform the Security Council, and that's underway now. Okay, huge. But it's a very, very long process. That's not good. <coughs> yeah, it's very concerning. Um, and, you, you know, the audio is on there, but I'm glad you read it um, since I'm having a coughing fit. Um, and the reason this is important is because the UN Security Council is the main decision maker at the UN um, with a mandate to maintain international peace and security. So they select the UN Secretary General, which is a huge role, obviously, at the UN. And they also um, elect judges to the International Court of Justice. Uh, and, it's th this, and this is why I underline that part in that slide, is that you have to understand that the voting power of the UN Security Council is huge. So they have voting power and they have veto power. So they can say one country can have a veto against a resolution and it's gone. Um, so there's may, five main permanent members that serve on the Security Council, China, France, Russia, the United Kingdom, and the U.S. And then there's 10 non-permanent members that get elected by the General Assembly, and they kind of rotate out every two years. Um, and anything that the U.N. Security Council votes on has binding power. So it's seen as international law. Whereas, because right now, and he says this in there, and this is all the people that are on this, is not really important, um, he's saying right now because Russia attacked its neighbor um, and Russia's on the Security Council, it's basically hamstrung the Security Council. Now they can't make these decisions. So the UN General Assembly has been taking on these decisions, but none of the decisions that they make are binding. 
um, as law. So that reform, when he talks about reforming that, that's kind of concerning because mm -hmm. the UN Security Council fosters negotiations, imposes sanctions, and authorizes the use of force, including the deployment of peacekeeping missions. So what will happen? And peacekeeping, <clears> I love, <throat> I love the the use of their terms, meaning military. <laughs> right. Yeah, the UN military force. So what will happen if they transfer that peacekeeping or UN police force power with binding decision making ability to the General Assembly? Which, you know, I've talked to people who've spent a lot of time at the UN. Um, they say that decisions get made a lot easier there. Um, in the General Assembly because they have these very strong voting blocks um, of liberal countries like the, the EU. So they kind of bind together. They say, we're going to vote this way, and then it passes. So, so I mean, I think this is something that should be, again, all of this is alarming, but our founding fathers gave us, one of the things that they gave us in the Constitution was a government where they were afraid of a strong central government making decisions that were where they were where they were where they were not attached to the, and, and dealing with the consequences. In other words, what they wanted was the people who had the most influence on your life was not the federal government. They were afraid of the federal government, mm -hmm. and they wanted the power to stay with the states. and And they wanted the majority of laws passed to be passed by a state legislator that is that is that is accountable to a district or a or of basically their neighbors. Mm -hmm. So it's so you represent a neighbor to be your state rep who makes the majority of the laws, and then you have a state senator too. But but they are people you should see in the grocery store and hold accountable. Those were the be the people that made the mm -hmm. that made the laws that affected you the most in your life. Yep. Not they were afraid of the federal government mm -hmm. because of the, of how hard it is to maintain a federal government. Now what we've got is is the UN, which is people you didn't elect. I didn't elect. I have no control over that. Mm -hmm. That is that is that is completely unconstitutional. That, that the Marxist bent, mm -hmm. who are who we have our federal government handing over our sovereignty to, right. and we've got Utah right in bed with them, saying, "Have at it. How can we help you?" Right. Yeah, especially in light of the fact, you know. Um, in this document, our common agenda, where they kind of lay out the changes that they do want to make to the Security Council. Um, it it kind of sounds like they want to DEI it, right? <laughs> I underlined some of the things in the common agenda. Enlargement, including better representation, more voices at the table, consulting with a broader range of actors. Um, they want to uh, expand the role of the peacekeeping mission to more settings. And again, peacekeeping is military. Right. It's, you yeah, got to know what they're talking about. That. Yeah, and it's expanding the use of informal mechanisms such as the ARIA formula meetings to advance sensitive issues. Well, um, they just... Recent, this recent ARIA formula meeting in March was about proposing ways that the Security Council, Council, UN Secretariat, and other UN organs, bodies, and agencies can ensure better protection of LGBTI rights in situations of conflict, incorporate LGBTI perspectives in peacekeeping and peacebuilding, and establish mechanisms to protect members of the LGBTI community and create more resilient societies. Now, I'm all for protecting people from being stoned or killed, right, because of their, their sexual orientation or how they um, identify. Um, but you know, what happens? See, this is what, what, what happens when this, you know, DEI, when, when ESG is not only being pushed on corporations, but churches. Mm -hmm. What happens when, the, when they, the they come to the church and say, hey, it is discrimination for you not to marry a gay couple. Right. Or, I mean, or what you see was happening recently, right? Where they said our words are violence. 
if you, your beliefs are violent. Right. The, yes, your beliefs are the Bible. Right. You know, so you're, you're, violence you're, is redefined as that. And, and then they you get to define the military it. Power. And now they consent to send the military power to Utah because Utah, guess what? They're saying they don't want to, they want to, they want to make it, they want marriage be, to be between man and a wife and, and their temple. And they, they want, and guess what? How, what happens now? Exactly. It's a, it is a slippery slope. And, and if we can't see where this is going, I mean, we, we've got our head in the sand. We're just being ignorant. Power corrupts ultimately. Power doesn't go, that once you give power, they don't give it back. It goes one way. History has shown that tyranny, once it gets a grip, it continues. It, it, it goes until it has full control. Right, and it also makes you wonder, when they say they want to expand their peacekeeping ability into more settings, does that also mean the internet, right? Um, the digital space. Yeah. So that's something that, that we need to, to, to think about. Um, so another way that they want to kind of leverage uh, crisis is through water. Uh, so I'm going to... If you haven't seen the video mm-hmm. on water we've done with uh, mm-hmm. Chelsea Hope, uh, you can go back. It was uh, back several months ago, but check it out because it will blow your mind what's going on here with our water and the Great Salt Lake and China and the, and uh, what's really happening with our water here. And this is related. The, and this the manufactured related. water crisis mm-hmm. from Cox. Right, so um, they had this water conference back in in March, and he talks about it. Another avenue where uh, we made a breakthrough, as I mentioned, it was a UN water conference. We have now a water action agenda and nine game changers. If we can implement those nine game changers and honor our commitments in the framework of the water action agenda, then it will be a different world. So... So um, he basically says that if they're able to implement these nine game changers they came up with and honor their commitments, then it will be a different world. Well, how? It will be a different world. You ever seen Waterworld? Or what is, oh. the, what is the movie? Uh, what is the movie? The one where they, they control the water in the desert, the whole dystopic movie. Oh, I don't remember that one. Oh, you guys know. What is that movie? The one, the movie that they, the, about the, where they control the water, Mad Max. Ah, mm. yes. Mad, Mad Max. Max. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a funny, there's a quote that says, in, in movies, we tell you the truth. Yeah. And then in, in real life, we lie to you. And that's <laughs> what it is. You look at how many movies are like totally predict what's going on. Yeah, or TV shows even, yeah. And then, and then in, in real life, we don't believe what's in happening in real life, but we believe it in the movies. Mm. But it's crazy what they're doing with the water. Control the water, control the people. Oh, and they're, they're going to admit it right now. Here's the truth. Water is a unifying and catalyzing force. It can be the deal maker for creating a more sustainable world. The state of water today, however, needs a lot of work. 2.3 billion people around the world live in water-stressed countries. 46% of the world's population lacks access to safe sanitation. We need to take big and bold action on managing this valuable resource. And we can only do this together. Water doesn't have to be a problem. If valued, managed, and harnessed in the right way, it can be the solution to many of the greatest challenges in the world today. And let's see the opportunities to use water as a driver for reducing emissions and uh, addressing development goals. There's no process of the food system that does not involve water. If you tackle the causes of climate change, in fact, you are not an environmentalist, that you are a public health officer. Water underpins all of our social and economic activity. 
Without water, food production stops. Cities cease to function. Economic activity grinds to a halt. And fertile land turns into a desert. If we embrace water's multiple value in the most inclusive way possible, we can make water the enabler, the leverage and the entry point for the resilience we seek. It can be a catalyst for entire sustainable development agenda. So she says water can be a catalyst for the entire sustainable development goal agenda. So what do they mean by that? <clears throat> so they like to drop these funny vision statements when they have these conferences. And you'll see there the thing that I circled up there. We see opportunities. And then yeah. in the blue ribbon, it says water connects all SDGs. Um, so what do they mean by that, right? So as part of this conference, they put out this water action guide. Uh, basically what she's saying is the UN will use the water action agenda as another lever to force other sustainable development goals, mm. right? So energy, housing, food, security, and public health. So you see here are the ones I underlined. Turn off those appliances. Computers and other tech, when you're not using them, turning off devices when they're not in use means less energy needs to be produced, you know, because of water. Yeah, um. and especially <laughs> when they're also putting it smart meters on uh -huh. that now they have the ability to turn your water off for you. Mm-hmm. Yep, exactly. Um, and here you see that says the concept that our water and energy systems are relying on each other is sometimes paired with a third issue, like food security or public health. Uh, and so th these are the nine game changers mentioned. And actually, this is a speech from Chaba Kuroshi, um, that president that visited here uh, when they had the water conference back in March. And do they talk, I just want to highlight two things there, the Global Water Education Network, because we want to talk about network of networks in just a minute, and the Global Water Information System. And why is it important? Well, while he was here, uh, Chaba Kuroshi met with quite a few people. Um, from our state. Uh, do you know who that is, Jason? Yes, she does look familiar, doesn't she? Yeah, maybe our lieutenant governor, possibly, Deirdre Henderson. Uh, yeah, she's, <clears throat> her name's come up a lot of times mm -hmm. in our shows. Mm -hmm. Right, so, so it says, uh, this is actually from the UN's website, um, and it literally says the president um, urged to support the global information water system. Uh, it says the president made the ask of her after, um, sorry, I thought, after meeting with the Utah Department of Natural Resources. So um, now I have, a, I have a couple questions. So why, why was he meeting with our lieutenant governor? Okay, first of all. Um, second, uh, why do they need access to information on our water systems, right? And, and um, yeah, why, why are they even here in the first place? I mean, honestly, like, this is concerning. Um, so, unfortunately, she wasn't the only person that Chaba Kuroshi met with while he was here. Um, you know, he also... Uh, got a visit from Attorney General Sean Reyes. And uh, so we, I heard from someone else um, that he was there um, and had a personal conversation with him. And uh, he introduced a friend from the energy sector. This is kind of a take note. Mm -hmm. yep. This is kind of a big deal yeah. that she's going to share here. Mm -hmm. So he introduced a friend from the energy sector who was trying to get Kuroshi interested in his technology to turn fossil fuels into hydrogen. 
Uh, he talked up the Utah tech sector and all the innovations we have going on here and said, and I quote, we have a vast number of resources here. And if we can be of any additional support in your critical efforts, please, sir, yes, sir. Yeah, it was a very interesting conversation from what I understand. Yeah. I mean, it was basically him saying whatever Utah can do, whatever, whatever we can offer to help you count us in. <laughs> right. What kind of resources here is he offering up to uh, service the critical efforts of the United Nations? Uh, and does he have the authority to do so? And if he, even if he did, should he? Yeah, I think this is a very big deal. And uh, fortunately, I think that... Uh, <clears throat> It was all, someone has everything, entire conversation. So that's good. Mm. Yeah, so another concerning thing to mention is that during that conversation, um, he relayed that he had just gotten off a call that day with the head of the World Economic Forum's technology initiatives, who now runs the Crypto Council. So when I heard this, I was like, well, I'm going to look that up. Who, who is the head of that, right? Um, and the person he was referring to was Sheila Warren, um, she so served this, again, um, this is our attorney general mm -hmm. that's, that's saying this. Mm -hmm. Right. And so Sheila Warren served as the head of the Center for the Fourth Industrial Revolution, head of data blockchain and digital assets, and as a member of the executive committee for the World Economic Forum. So again, why is our attorney general talking to this person? Right. What kind of influence does she have in the blockchain initiatives that are going on in our state? And there's a lot. We're going to do a show on blockchain. Yeah. We're about to do a couple shows on blockchain, but but this is this should be very alarming. Mm -hmm. Exactly, because especially because. Tell I, me why. Tell me why you why you see this is concerning. Well, for several reasons, but I know for sure because of the work that I've done about the Internet of Education that Sheila Warren is on the World Bank Blockchain and Education Working Group, and there is a list of very high people. Um, the fact that she is coordinating with them to basically create this blockchain education uh, entity along with the U.S. Department of Education and the U.S. Chamber of Commerce that will have us have a digital credentials wallet. So all the stuff I've been warning about, about uh, having the social emotional skills being measured and, and having that become part of a social credit system, I, that's right up her alley. Uh, yeah, serious red that. flags, serious red flags. And, and I think the other alarming thing is I thought our leaders were against, you know, this global agenda, right? Didn't we recently have Glenn Beck and David Barton here talking about ESG? And I think, I think Attorney General Sean Reyes even got called out by Glenn. Oh, look how great your Attorney General is fighting. And, and he's been really great, I have to say, fighting the, um, the uh, trafficking agenda, right? But, but what is he doing, you know, talking to people like this? Right. I think it's a great question. I think, and I think people should be asking him. Mm -hmm. I think, I think he should be being called to the carpet. He works for you. He works for the people. Mm -hmm. He works for us. Why is he kowtowing and chumming up and saying, whatever you need, rolling out the red carpet, Utah is here to serve your globalist needs. Yeah. What resources of what ours resources do you need? What resources of ours do you need? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, that's, that should be a massive red flag. And I don't think our, a public servant has any business being involved like this. Mm -hmm. So the last thing I want to hit on are how things like data, science, and accountability. Sorry, sorry I'm not ready to leave that. Okay. I mean, look, I mean, here's yeah. the thing is he is hired on our dime. 
to mm-hmm. serve Utah. Yeah. He works for us, for we the people in Utah. What is he doing trying to work for a globalist organization? What authority does he have? I, I don't think he has any authority. I mean, like... What authorities have to take our resources and help uh, this global government? Yeah. No, I, I definitely don't think so. I don't, and I don't think our leaders should be cozying up at all. Like, why, why are they even talking to this man when he's here? Like, they should, like well, again, he shouldn't even be in Utah. And this is where Utah needs to wake up. Mm-hmm. It happens because we are naive, because we think all is well in Zion, because we think there's no problems, because we trust the guy is a Republican, the guy goes to the same church, there could possibly be no corruption in this state. And honestly, if you cannot watch the last few videos, the one with Cox in the 15-minute city, so the one with China having taken over Utah, the one, and this without being seriously like realizing we are in deep trouble. And not only we are in deep trouble, it's what are we doing to the rest of the country? Right. It's not only are we screwing our state, but we are, we are the blueprint. We are the mm-hmm. cradle, the cradle for the fourth industrial revolution. Yep. It's we are leading the charge on the tyranny of, and, the, and, and tearing down the Constitution. The state that believes the Constitution is inspired by God. This is the only state where the dominant, predominant group of people living here believe the Constitution is inspired by God. And this is the state that is hosting and cradling the, a global government that is, has one end in mind, which is to take the Constitution down. Exactly. That says, no, no, it is not God, the individual of divine worth, and then government. It is, the, it is a global government, and we are God. Right. And we are the state that's, that's, bringing, taking, that's, that's saying, oh, well, let's roll the red carpet. Hey, what do you need from us? What can we do for you to help further your agenda? Yeah, it's ridiculous. It's sickening. It's, it's sickening. The way he did that, the way he, I mean, just was like a little puppy. Like, how can we help you? Like, I mean, just kissing butt to this guy. Yeah, it is. It's really gross. Um, and so I, I do like, think- where's the backbone of our, of our reps? Like, like, like you name one rep in Utah it's on the federal level, on the state level that is calling out ESG. Well, no, that's calling out climate change. That's calling out the climate change hoax. That's calling this stuff out. That's calling out the UN. None. None. In fact, we have representatives who are going along with it and, and spouting the dogma. Yeah, I think I think our state treasurer has been doing fantastic about getting the word out about ESG. Well, he's he's done he's he's done a good job talking about it, but I haven't seen any action. I, I have not seen any bills passed. I haven't seen him come out against um, um, who's the organization that's behind it all. The uh, oh, my mind's tired. BlackRock. Not BlackRock here in Utah. Um, uh, Envision Utah. Envision Utah. Has he come out to Envision? Called Envision Utah on the table. Has he yeah. taken bold action to the people who are doing it, or has he just used it for talking points? And I'm sorry, I appreciate someone talking about it for talking points, but we need people stopping it. People coming out and calling out the people who are doing it. People calling out our politicians that are doing it, not mm-hmm. just saying using it for talking points. And that's honestly what I see. I see talking points. I see people using ESG to get them favor of the people. But it's happening. It's being rolled out. Yeah. It's Envision Utah is rolling it out yeah. beneath our, right beneath our very nose. And if we have politicians that are against it, stand up to BlackRock. Call them on the carpet. Don't just talk. To, don't just talk about it. Like actually do something about it. And that's what I have a problem with. We don't have politicians that ha- that will do that. Yeah, I mean, I know that I know that statements have gone out and things like that, but you're, I think you're right. Where we need to, we need to actually take action, like bold action, because we're in a we're in a, a scary we're being situation. Taken over. Yeah, we are we're in a we scary are being situation. taken over. 
we are being taken over. Right. And getting up on the stage, I appreciate anyone calling, standing for what's right, saying ESG is wrong. But what I would really appreciate is someone who has that kind of power to go to, 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 go to Envision Utah. These organizations, these fascist organizations, which that is fascist, these corporations mm -hmm. mixed with these government officials yeah. and say, this has to stop. Envision Utah, we know who you are. We know what you're doing. You are pushing ESG here in Utah. Mm -hmm. and, it, and the media corporations are part of it. And it has to stop now. That's if you, if, don't just talk about it. When it's really happening, stop it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's scary. We're in a, we're in a, a we're we talk about crisis. We're in a crisis transformation crisis and we need transformation, but the other direction, uh, than, than what he wants to do here. Um, so yeah, I, I appreciate that, Jason. We have to be, we have to be passionate about this, uh, as a, as a community and yeah, we have to call our leaders to the carpet. And they are okay. public servants. Mm -hmm. And they are rolling things out in bills. I mean, anyone who goes and watches the different shows, Chelsea's done a phenomenal job. Mm -hmm. It's there. It's happening. And it's not happening with our consent. And I will say this. A lot of the reps have no idea what's happening because they're being lied to. Right. It, it, so it's happening, you know, so they don't even know what's going on. But I'm sorry, if you're a rep and you don't know what's going on. Vote no. You're, account you're accountable. <laughs> right. you, you will be held accountable by God. Right. You, well, you've been entrusted with a sacred responsibility to defend the Constitution from enemies foreign and domestic. And as, as we learned from um, some of our greatest leaders in this country, if this country ever falls, it'll fall from within. Right. Our greatest threat is, is within. Right. And, and, and let's talk about that for a second, because at the state level, I have heard about what's going on there, right? We have good reps who want to do great things, but they are being hamstrung by the leadership, saying, you know, you're not going to be able to get your bill passed if you don't get our bill passed. Right. And, and unfortunately, you know, that they're, they're caught in like a, a catch-22. They're like, they, they know the good they want to do, and they, they want to put these bills forth that can protect our, our communities. But then on the other side, they're being, you know, that they're on behind their back, you know, kind of, you know, and having to play uncle over these other bills that they don't want to pass, but they're, they're, they're stuck in a, between a rock and a hard place. I think we are, I actually think there's a lot of reps who are starting to realize that they've been lied to, mm -hmm. that, they, that um, they've been misled. And I think we are going to see a, a, a several reps stand up and start fighting this stuff. I, I really I sure believe so. we have some reps that are going, that are starting to see, again, because the great work you've done and, and, you know, Utah Freedom Coalition and some of the great work that, that's been done to expose what's going on with the smart cities, I think we've got some reps that are ended with China that are saying, uh-uh, I didn't realize this is happening. And right. you know what? Hats off to you guys who are standing up and saying no more. Because yeah. if enough reps stand up to this, we, can we will shut this down. Yeah. And we did the power of the people, right? Right. But it's going to take the people calling their reps, emailing the reps, and saying, We stand behind you. Yes. Mm -hmm. Please stand up. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. Uh, so the last thing I want to hit on, I know we're probably running out of time, Jason, uh, about how things like data science and accountability um, are being used um, in a very strong way to implement their global agenda. And one of the things Kuroshi mentioned at UVU was a thing called the Global Digital Compact. And he says it's about rights and responsibilities. It's such a short clip, I'm not going to play it. But um, 
I, I want to talk about this global digital compact. So um, it came out of that our common agenda document I was talking about where they had the changes of the Security Council. But here they talk about um, this is to be agreed upon actually in 2024 at the Summit of the Future. Um, and it's going to involve all stakeholders, governments, again, more fascism, the United Nations system, the private sector, including tech companies, civil society, grassroots organizations, academia and individuals, including youth. And they're talking about connecting the unconnected. Again, this is where we talk about that blockchain identity and how once they connect the systems and digitally, right, our license to our competencies, to the deed of our house or the title to our car or to our social media profile. Uh, and once they decentralize all of that and connect the systems, this is when they're really going to be able to implement that social credit system. So I know blockchain can, for some people, is like, that's, I don't want to get into that because it's kind of like, what is it? It's, it feels like a lot to understand. <laughs> but I'm going to tell you this. If, if, if you if if you are going to stand up to what is coming and be aware of, of the way that they are trying to implement a lot of this globalist mm -hmm. ESG control one world government, you you need to dig into the blockchain and we and we're going to have a, a few shows digging into it and, and specifically how Utah is the freaking leader of it. Ugh. I mean, I, like the I, I, I mean, you yes. cannot make this crap up. No. Yeah. And I'll tell you, it's coming right out of Utah County. Mm -hmm. Like Utah is literally leading this stuff. Yep, they sure are. We got the Utah Blockchain Coalition. It's a lot of crazy stuff we talked about. You know, it's been talked about on your show, Chelsea and others. Um, so yeah, this this is we again we're the cradle of the fourth industrial revolution. I mean, the, literally that was the title of the Deseret News article. So, um, and I just. This, this is also scary because it talks about, you know, account, introducing accountability criteria for discrimination and misleading content. And then it goes on to say more broadly, the compact could also promote regulation of our artificial intelligence to ensure that this is aligned with shared global values. In other words, content like this, gone. Right. And what's interesting is another side conversation was heard with Chaba Kuroshi. I believe um, this was said when he was speaking to Attorney General Reyes, um, he literally said these words, we are all in the middle of an AI transformation. It will happen. Markets will also change. The environment will change. So we would like to be the masters of the transformation. That's why we created the SDGs. I don't know, folks. I don't know, I don't know you know, there's a problem sometimes with, with we, we have with um, seeing a problem and not letting it really register. And I, and I hope what you're sharing today is registering with people because what we're experiencing is, I would say, in the history of, of this world, one of the most important, one of the most significant things that's ever happened in the history of this world. We are living through, this is what is, what we are witnessing happening right now isn't just historic. It is, it is one of the most magnificent and evil things that will has ever transpired in the history of the human race. And I'm sorry, but it's happening in our backyard and, and it's, and it's our leaders, some of our leaders who are facilitating it, who are helping it and are, are are, are clearly a part of this. Right. That's why, it's why, that's why you know, honestly, this show, you know, you know we, we always talk about our, our focus is 
I'm going to tell you this. If you, if you guys are so focused right now on, on Trump and DeSantis, you're getting lost in a circus. Yes. Trump, circus, you know, mm. DeSantis, the circus doesn't matter. You are, honestly, we are at a state where the United States of America is, that swamp is so dark, is so filthy, is so corrupted. It is almost beyond saving. If we're going to save this country, you have one hope. You start, you win your backyard. You do what Florida's doing. You take, you put a constitutional wall around your state. And that's why there should be nothing more important to, to our listeners than what is happening in Utah, especially when so much is happening here. This is the fight. It is not D.C. It's your backyard. And guess what? The most important fight in the world right now is in your backyard. And the, and the people who are involved are accountable to you. They're your servants. Yes. They're your stewards. And it is our, your ability to change. Like you live and have such a magnificent opportunity to change the world and to be a part of something huge, either to let it fall into tyranny or to stand up. Utah matters. Your backyard matters. This is where the conversation needs to be. It needs, leave Washington alone. Start focusing on your backyard. Right. And all of this stuff is really distractions, right? It's distractions from getting us to really hone in on like what is happening around you. Again, it's that crisis mode, right? Like uh, we get in this fight or flight response, right? Oh my gosh, who's going to be president? Oh my gosh, who, you know, it's pride month and, you know, there's all this conflict, you know, between communities and FBI things like and what's yeah, going on FBI, with, yeah. with, 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 you know, the, 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 Hunter the Biden CIA, the Hunter and, Biden, yeah. it's all, it's all a circus. You have no control over that, mm -mm. but you have control over your local state rep who lives in your neighborhood to get laws passed, to stop the surveillance here, to make it illegal for, China, for Chinese, the Chinese Communist government to be working and lobbying our politicians, to shut down the UN out of Utah, to make it illegal. Mm -hmm. to, you have the ability to do that. That's something you have power over. And yet we're so focused on what's going on in the circus that we're, that we're allowing this corruption, the, the, the deepest corruption in America to happen in our backyard. Right. And I think I just, the thing I want to drive home to your audience again, you know, as you dig into all this, right, the, and there's more, there's more to cover that I don't think we're going to have time to cover, but, but you have to understand that this is so much bigger than you can ever imagine. Like the, the stuff we're talking about here is just the, the tip of the iceberg of the amount of information beyond here and how big this global push is for all of this agenda. And I would just want to say, we live in an amazing community that believes in preparedness. And I would say work with your community, work with your family, prepare your families for this, right? When I start hearing him talk about using water and crises as a, as a means for transformation, I worry about what that's going to mean because a lot of the stuff that I've uncovered <clears throat> literally, again, talks about uh, redistributing resources based upon people's social determinants of health and their intersectional identity. So, you know, you and I, Jason, we're going to be low on the totem pole <laughs> for resources. <laughs> um, and, and so I would just say store water, store food, you know, grow a garden, <laughs> like do whatever you can to prepare your families because we don't know what's going to happen in the future. We don't know if we're going to be successful in pushing this back. I sure hope so. Right. But I think that, I think that the, the beautiful thing I want to drive home is that this really isn't lost, right? It's not coming from the culture. It's coming from on high. It's coming from the, the World Economic Forum, the UN, all these bigger people and bigger governments and agendas and business people. And I think if we stick together as a community, we can make it through whatever happens next. I love it. 
I know we're short on time, but anything that, because uh, <clears throat> I know we weren't able to get through everything, but anything you want to condense and, and share that uh, you think our listeners should know about? Oh, my goodness. Like I said, this, I would just say if, if you, audience members, um, we talked about our responsibilities, renewing economic thinking. Um, I want to point this out. So another thing that's similar to the Global Digital Compact is the Global Compact, Accountable Companies and Enabling Ecosystems. So we have all of these people who've signed pledges, compacts, you know, et cetera, whatever, these businesses. And uh, again, they, they have these enabling networks. So we have a, a basically, you know, 1,025 uh, people who've signed on to the Global Compact, um, people here in the United States where there's actually 23,000 signed on in the world. Look at that top one, Harley Davidson. Harley Davidson. Right? Sad. So here they are. We're just going to hey, we're going to engage in collaborative projects which advance the broader development goals of the United Nations. And this is why you're going to see these, all these corporations push the LGBT stuff, push mm -hmm. the ESG. Yeah. And again, it's, <laughs> this is fascism. Yeah. When you, you work absolutely. for the company, it's not just, it's not just, they're not just pushing it, you know, in their, in their marketing. It's, it's, they're going to be pushing it in your company. If you work for these companies, it is you will, you know, show that you are you know, you'll take the courses you'll listen to the propaganda mm -hmm. you will be a good global citizen if you're going to work at our company right and in fact nasdaq has uh assigned on to have metrics where businesses who are on the nasdaq have to report on the diversity of their boards including having someone who's who's 2s lgbtqia plus um and so this is where you see like there's a whole system of people working together Right. We have stock exchange people. We have investors. We have um, consultancy companies, right, who businesses work with. This is what I, all that stuff that I, I exposed this week that got so much traction is because people were like, oh, my gosh, this is why this is happening. This is why it's the change has been so fast. But I think now that we know the information, knowledge is power and we can fight back against it. I want to give a quick uh, <clears throat> shout out to uh, Global uh, remarketing. They're uh, based in Orem and they're a uh, heavy equipment and truck sales. Uh, they actually are sponsoring this and, and, and uh, helping us get this message out, not only, you know, helping cover the cost of the studio and production, but also advertising so we can get this message out, especially now since YouTube has banned us and not even allowing us to post anything, including this video. Um, but uh, anyways, they're veteran family owned and operating America here in 50 years. Anyways, just look, we've got so many great people. We don't need to be supporting these 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 corporations that that are standing for that are helping push this global that are part of this this you know fascist takeover. Right. We need to be supporting small business. We need to be supporting businesses that believe in freedom. Businesses that believe in 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 what this uh, the American dream. And uh, you know, so I want to just give that shout out to them and, and thank them for their support because it means a lot. Um, but, you know, here's the cool thing, and this is why, again, we've got to stop getting lost in the circus. Mm -hmm. You can't, you can do very little. And, and I'll tell you, your state federal reps, I'm going to tell you, they're, they are not doing anything to stand up. You name one rep, federal rep, in, or federal senator in the state that is standing up and saying that, that this stuff is garbage, calling this stuff out. Maybe they're quiet. 
but they should be watchmen on the towers. They should be doing this job. They know about this corruption more than we do. They should be calling it out and, and warning people. And they're not. The, this, the, the, the path to save the Constitution is about going back to the original intent of the Constitution, which is state rights. It is about sovereign mm -hmm. states. You have, we have control over that. You have control over your state rep. That is a winnable fight. Your state rep should know your name. Mm -hmm. Your state rep should know your name, especially if you're the type of person that, that is educated and informed and knows what's going on. Your state rep should know your name. Email him. Call him. Talk to him about the problems with China. Look, here's the neat thing, too. We bring on incredible guests. Like, like this is, there's nothing in here that's like hearsay or, or a theory, despite what Governor Cox would say. I mean, this, this is all documented right out mm -hmm. of the UN, mm -hmm. right out of their own mouths. Share this with your rep. Ask them what they're doing to stop it. Yeah, you know, it's a great suggestion. With, with what's going on with China, it's all documented from the, from the Associated Press to articles, what, how they've taken over the state of Utah. Share that with your state rep. They, the, not your federal rep, your state rep. Your state rep makes state law. 15-minute cities, the surveillance state. Again, the, the, we've, we've brought on incredible people who have done an incredible amount of research to, to, to bring this to light. All you've got to do is, is call, email, share it with your state rep and say, hey, what are we doing to stop this? Because I'll tell you, you have a lot of state reps that are good. They just don't know what's going on because they are so they work part-time in there. And when they get in there, there are so much bills that get passed through that they sit and listen to the Dan McKay's say, oh, trust me, I've, you can trust me on this. Just vote this way. Trust me, vote this way. Trust me, vote this way. And they're just, just drinking the Kool-Aid and they don't know any better. You have the ability to, to make a difference. And it starts by winning our backyard. And we have people like Lisa Logan. We have incredible people in this state. Incredible people. I mean, Eric Moonstone, I mean, we could go, we could name a list, you know, a list of incredible patriots in the state. Not to mention those who are unknown who will yet step onto the stage and do incredible things. But the, but the fact of the matter is we live in, in the most remarkable time and you watching this, especially if you live in Utah, happen to be in the most pivotal state. You are at, you are... <laughs> You are at ground zero in the most important fight in the history of this world. Mm -hmm. And you weren't sent here to sit on the sidelines. And I believe from the bottom of my heart, the Constitution will be saved. I believe it. And that means that's, that starts here. And that starts with you. And you could even say, you know, again, Chaba Karoshi said it's about rights and responsibilities. And... You have rights as an American citizen, and it's your responsibility to defend them. Amen. Let's end on that. Well, thank you guys for watching. Please like, please share, especially now that we're not even on YouTube. So hopefully we can get people onto Rumble. Please get to Rumble if you're not there. Please share the Rumble with your friends. Uh, we win. You know, truth is power. We have truth on our side. And, if, and, if we, and truth is reality. Reality will always win in the long run. It's just a matter of how confident and how bold people are in sharing it. So please share and please stand up and, and fight. So anyways, God bless you guys. God bless America. God bless Utah. <laughs>